0: to the book of Philippians chapter 1. I'm going to begin a series beginning this morning on a topic that I think all of us and all of those around us could use some more of, and that simply is joy. And of all the books in the Bible that speak so eloquently and so powerfully on this particular topic, there are few as as expressive as Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. If you were to ask many people in and outside the church, how has the last year been, the last 12 months been, you'd probably get very similar responses. If you asked them to score the last 12 months on a scale of 1 to 10, they'd probably give you negative numbers. We've had a global pandemic, so much political and social unrest, anger and division everywhere we look. And it just seems, even in our own communities and our own fellowships and those Situations and atmospheres close to home that it, it just gives the feeling of one storm after another. There's been so much stress, so much disappointment, so much discouragement. And it's in these times that we, his people, can lose our joy because of all that's going on. There's so much negative stuff and we can lose sight of the many blessings that God has given each and every one of us. And he's provided into our lives. The truth that I want to proclaim over the next many weeks, over and over again, is that, is that no matter what you are going through, no matter what I am going through, no matter what we as a church, as a community, as a nation are going through, we have reasons to experience joy. Amen. When things get tough, we are presented with choices. When things get difficult at home, at work, in our families, in our friends, we then get to decide what is it that's going to define us? What is it that's going to be those identifying things? The bad stuff or something a whole lot better? So today I want to begin this series on Paul's letter to the church, to the believers, in the city of Philippi. Because in this series, again, I'm going to keep saying it. I want to focus on joy. Now the background, this letter is perhaps the most loving and optimistic of all letters that Paul wrote. In the New Testament, the love and pride that he expresses is just so abundantly clear. What makes this expression of joy and of love and of so many optimistic and positive things so amazing is that when Paul writes it, he's in prison. Now, most people, when they write stuff from a bad place, the bad place that they're in kind of leaks into what they're writing. Yet this letter uh, will reflect not a depressed spirit, not a confined spirit. It will reflect a joyful spirit that would seem out of place. Book of Philippians chapter 1, and I'll begin reading in verse number 1. Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the deacons and bishops. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being, competent, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ just that is, as it is right for me to th- think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, insomuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, and being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Paul had a great deal of love for this church, and they loved him in return as well. Early in this letter, he lays out simple principles for experiencing unending joy in this life. You ever been in a place where you were having just a wonderful day? It just seemed everything was going right, and then that happened. Something or oftentimes someone came into your atmosphere, came into your little circle of life and decided, you know what, you are too happy. You are having too good a day and they just all by themselves brought you down. I want to declare that no matter what we are going through, Jesus can come into any day and do the exact opposite and can take whatever you're going through and pick you and me up and bring us to a place of joy and a joy that is unending. We find the joy in the Lord. And as Paul expresses to these Christians in Philippi, we can find joy in each other. There may be many people who disagree with me on some of these points, but life is so much better when it's shared with other people. You and I were not created to walk through life on our own. Amen. Friends that are truly as close as family, family members that bring positive images to the phrase family, people who can share life's ups and downs with us, people who with whom we can experience not only the downs, but the true victories that we can have in Christ. When God created the heavens and the earth, he created everything, and he said it was good. If you read the first two chapters of the book of Genesis, everything he creates is good. There's only one thing that God says when he looked at everything that's not good. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Many people would say they are happier when they are alone. Usually what they are saying with that statement is that they are really saying that they feel that they're better off. And why? Now, You may not have experienced this, so just forgive me. I know at times I have. But people can be fickle. I know none of you have ever experienced that. People can be at times a little flaky or a little uncertain and relationships take work they take work but the bible is clear god looked at the idea of his creation his person being alone and he declared it not good This pandemic has created situations which forced so many people into unfamiliar and and, and, and undesirable isolation. Family routines for getting together were suspended. Gatherings like ours as a church were put on hold. We were forced to come up with creative alternatives for being able to connect with one another. And honestly, before last month, The only context I ever heard the word Zoom was when we were telling somebody to go fast. (laughs) Now it's something else. Now I know some people really have become fond of experiencing church through live stream and through online types of mechanisms and I'm glad that we can provide that. I really think it's not so much that they enjoy the online experience, they just enjoy coming to church in their pajamas. (laughs) Even Paul, writing from prison, communicating with these beloved saints, was communicating in the only way available to him. But he expresses that he can't wait to see them. Can't wait to be with them. Paul expresses an appreciation for their partnership in the gospel, which brings a partnership in joy. They weren't just people he ministered to. They weren't just people that he poured his life into. They were partners. The relationship was mutual. Together, they prayed and worked to spread the gospel and to minister to each other. Now, I freely admit, one of the concerns, and I've spoken to other pastors as well, that I have about the lasting impact of this pandemic is that people will become comfortable with distance, will become okay with isolation. And I'm not just even talking physical distance, although that's part of it, but just a mental or emotional distance. COVID can bring people to a place or any pandemic where we feel like we're self-sufficient. But God called that picture from the very beginning of our existence, not good. We were created to be in each other's lives. We were created to share joy and to share sorrow. We were created to do life together. A part of the joy we experience in this life in Jesus is experiencing it with others, keeping in mind that all those, if you remember back in the beginning of this year, all those one other sermons that I preached, Often we feel we've been, we're in a place where we can lack joy. I wonder if what we need in those times is just to get together with God's people. Get together with brothers and sisters of like faith. Get together with others and experience what can happen when Jesus fulfills his promise where he says, where two or three are gathered, I'm going to show up. Well, what are we going to do when we get together, pastor? Well, I can tell you one thing you can do is you can pray for this lost world because it is certainly lost. You can pray for the leaders of this nation. They certainly need it. You can pray for this church and its pastor because I need it. We can pray one for Another and we can help each other spread good news. And that means spreading good news, not just to the lost, not just spreading the gospel, but spreading good news to one another. How many know we could all use some good news? And that good news normally does not come on the 11 o'clock news. That's not good news. That's just news. But we could all use some good news. So we experience this joy as Paul was communicating to these wonderful Christians in Philippi. Joy in the fellowship we share with one another. But Pastor, aren't you going a little overboard? Shouldn't it Jesus just be enough for salvation? Yeah, that's all I need is Jesus. But there are so many places in the New Testament and in the Bible in general where God is instructing his people to gather with his people, to be his people, to be an example as a people together, to bring the unity that we share out into the world. We can also experience joy and a powerful truth that we can remind one another of because we get down, don't we? Maybe... Other churches do, we don't, but people get down and we think that the things that have begun in our lives and the things that we felt so excited about at one point aren't really going to happen. It's never going to happen, but what we can do when we get together with each other in sharing good news is fulfill the verses that Paul said in what we read today is that reminding one another that he who began a good work in you is able to complete it. No matter how long it's been, whatever God started in you, he is more than capable of completing that work. Verse 6 says, being confident in this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will be able to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but who's who's who here has all of us have known the frustration of beginning a project at home and it's still in its beginning stages three, four, seven years later. No hands, please. Because we get, Busy and sidetracked with other things, and we are finite. But God finishes what He starts. God takes the work He planted in your heart. God takes the power He imparted into you, and He will complete the work He began in you. You and I serve a God who is able. He is able to move mountains. He is able to calm the worst storms. He is able to perform miracles today like he did back in Bible days. He is able to complete whatever work he started in you. And at times, we need to remind each other of that amazing truth. And not just be reminded of it. That daily we can have confidence in that God will complete the work in me, and God will complete the work in others. Whatever work he has begun in your life, he will complete it. Whatever miracle you need, he will complete it. Whatever power you need, he will bring it. Our God is able Our confidence is not in the unfinished mess that is the world we look at when we look around us. Our confidence is in the almighty God who is able to complete whatever he started. It is in a God who started something in you. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then God began a work in your life, and he will complete that work. But God led me in a direction so many years ago, and then I got kind of sidetracked with life and and, and kind of busy. I've shared my testimony here before. God called me to preach the gospel when I was 17 years old. I was a a young man trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life, and God said, I want you to preach the gospel. And I told God, You must be kidding. (laughs) You've got to be joking. Now, part of what prompted my emotional and rather animated response at the Lord was that growing up through my school years, I stuttered and stuttered at times badly. And I just thought it was cruel and I couldn't see how God could take someone who stuttered and put him with a microphone in his hand and preach. So I thought, well, you know, maybe there's a plan B that I can work on with Jesus. And so I did other things. I assisted the church I was attending with Sunday school. I was an usher. I became a deacon. I managed our church softball team. I did everything I possibly could except that which God had called me to do. And then I finally reached the ripe, ancient, old age of 30. You can go ahead and laugh. That's not an old age. At least I didn't think, I thought so at the time it was though. And I figured, well, now I can't follow God's call for my life because I'm too old. That's what God did to me too. And God reminded me. And I will. Always remember the sequence of months I was going through while trying to wrestle with God about what he wasn't letting go. How many know that God can be lovingly annoying at times? He wouldn't let it go. I called you to do something. And I'll never forget the, the evening. I was coming through the subways of New York City, coming home, heading back to Penn Station, and I was on a subway train. And I was looking at one of those overhead signs that advertise so many different things in the subways. And there was one sign advertising a college somewhere in Manhattan. And it had a quote from George Eliot. And all it, I guess the quote was they were targeting having people who were older in life coming back to school. And the quote simply said, It's never too late to be what you might have been. Now, I'm almost positive that when George Eliot wrote that, he did not have the idea of sending people into Christian ministry. But God used that to get me to say, okay, I'm done fighting with you. And I'm done arguing with you. I'm going to let you complete the work in my life. Whatever work God has in your life, he is able to complete it. He just needs, in many cases, you and I to get out of the way. And I've also shared this. I've since had the distinct honor and humbling privilege to be able to serve the Lord as a short-term missionary teacher in seven other countries. And wherever I've gone, I always get the compliment. And someone says, you're such an eloquent speaker. You're a naturally gifted preacher and I have to stop them because normally I'll just say thank you but I'm not a naturally gifted speaker in the natural it would require tremendous grace for people to listen to me for long periods of time I'm not a naturally gifted speaker I'm a supernaturally gifted speaker and you can be a supernaturally gifted, whatever God decides he wants you to be. He can complete the work in your life. He can bring it to completion. He can bring it to fruition. And it all will require the power of God moving through you. But it will also require you and me to submit to him completing that work. Because church, our God is able. It doesn't matter how many people turn from the gospel. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how many people out in the world call our faith archaic. It doesn't matter how many people say we're looking at life wrong. Our God is able to complete the work in you. It doesn't matter how far off the rails our culture goes. Our God will accomplish in your life and our God will accomplish in my life what he has set out to do. He doesn't leave work unfinished. When we plant our confidence in his ability to complete every work, we can then see the realization of the last three verses that we read today. That, you may, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. That you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ. To the glory of God. To the glory and praise of God. That your love may abound Couldn't we use a bit more love in this world today? We definitely could, but I want to qualify it. Love with knowledge and discernment. Because we define love the way the Bible defines love. Sorry, I'm not, I make no apologies for it. I do not go with the cultural Uh, comment of our day that love is love. All love is love. No, what the Bible says is love is love. What God calls love is love. And that requires a knowledge of God's word and a knowledge of God's truth and then a commitment to it. There will be lives. We need to be people who model lives that understand the word of God. And then model it with excellence, he says. People who were sincere or genuine. And this is a tough one. People who were not easily offended. Hmm. Now he's gone to meddling. Not easily offended. So if someone comes up to you, wonderful Italian ladies, and says, you know what? They kind of like... Spaghetti sauce from a jar. We're not offended. We feel sad for them, but we're not offended. Now I gave a silly example, but we know there are so many more serious ones. But we don't live in a place of offense. We live in a place of love. But love with knowledge and discernment. We need to have more love, but it needs to be truth. This is what God's people can achieve together. You and me together. This is what the people of God can model to a world together. And it's best modeled in community. This is what God can do. Church, He is able. He is able. The God that you serve is able to accomplish whatever your concerns are today. God is able, he's more than able, to complete every work in your life, even ones that you dismissed so long ago. God is able to move powerfully in every life. Stand with me, please. I was putting together this message, a song that I haven't really thought about or done in a long time, just kept echoing with me, and I put the words up on the screen so you'll be able to follow along. He is able more. To accomplish what concerns me today, yes, he is able, more than able, he can handle anything that comes my way, he is able, more than able, to do much more than I could Sing it with me. He is able more than able to accomplish what concerns me today. Yes, he is able more than able. He can handle anything that comes my way. He do much more than I could ever dream he is able more than able to make me what he wants me to be to make me what he wants me to be to make me what he wants Oh, give God praise in this place. He is able. More than able. I don't know what this situation is in your life, and I'm not sure what the particular thing that you're thinking about when I spoke this word today isn't is for you, but whatever it is, he's able. He's able. If it's a relationship that needs mending, he's able. If it's um, something that you need to conquer and you've been trying for decades, church, he's able. Don't give up. If it's something related to your health, God is able. We serve a great, great God. Whatever it is, he is able. So I'm going to sing this song a few more times and... Just remember, he's able. And it's something we can have confidence in today. He is able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. My God is able, more than able, Can handle anything that comes my way. He is able, more than able, to do much more than I could ever dream. He is able, more than able, to make me what He wants sing it one more time with me as we close. He is able more than able to accomplish what concerns me today. Your God is able more than able He can handle anything that comes my way. He much more than I could ever dream. He is able, so much more than able, to make me what he wants me to be. To make me what he wants me to be. To make me what he wants me Need to be. Hallelujah. Give God praise in this place.